2: This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Hi. Welcome along to another episode of the Keegan Odyssey. Uh, We are at a stage now, uh, we're 40% of the way through the book, apparently. So we're almost halfway there. That's super. Next bit. Uh, One afternoon, Terry and I were looking through the fixtures, wondering whether there was a game we could go to. (laughs) and (laughs) wishing we'd been a bit more organised. Bristol City were playing West Ham that evening, but it was already approaching five o'clock and we were kicking ourselves that we hadn't planned it earlier. Right, so they're in Newcastle. Uh, (laughs) 5pm, they've decided they quite fancy going to watch Bristol City, which Mm. is very far away from Newcastle. Six hours? At least, yeah. Mm. Uh, Of course, Bristol City are the, the Robins I got the Robins on their badge, which is how yeah, Kev knows them from a previous episode. That's all episode. he knows
1: about them. Yeah. <laughs> I want to find out more. There must be more to this club than the Robin on the badge. The only way I'm going to find out is to the go there. How long will it take me, Terry Mac? Six hours, <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> it all depends on There's There's so many variables. <laughs> like, you know, I'll give you three just for starters. One, what kind of transport are you going to take? Two... What's the top? i going to be like, three, where the fuck is Bristol? I never heard of it before. I tell you this much, it's not in fucking Merseyside because I'd know.
2: Well, that was the point at which Douglas Hall popped his head round the door to let us know he was getting off for the night. All okay, he asked. Anything I could do? It was Terry who decided to chance his arm. I don't suppose your plane is available, is it?
1: Ah! (laughs) fucking classic Terry always got his eye on the main chance that fella
2: Douglas kept a private plane at Teesside airport and his eyes lit up when we explained our predicament Newcastle United at this stage was just a big boys playground wasn't it basically manager and board Douglas's pilot was shopping in Yarm and Teesside (laughs) when Douglas rang him and not exactly thrilled about being called out at such short notice look I'm you're a fucking pilot
1: what do i pay you for piloting yeah. i'm in yarn doing my fucking shopping aren't well, I? well it's five o'clock the shop's shut soon and i need some yeah. fucking piloting doing so fucking uh-huh. put your bags down and get to no. the fucking airport can i at least fucking ring this up i'm practically at the front of the queue at the till no no we're going to bristol hmm <laughs> What are the shops like there? I don't know. They'll be shut by the time you get there anyway. You'll have to do your shopping tomorrow. Oh, no, that's not going to work, see, because I've got something on tomorrow. Just well, fucking get to the airfield. There might
2: be a late-night mall. I'm not sure. We'll find <laughs> out when we get
1: there. Is there good shopping in Yarm, though?
2: Yarm? Oh, Yarm's quite small. It's got nice shops, yeah. Nice area, Yarm.
1: Like boutique-y sort of shop?
2: Yeah, it's quite... Do you think this quite...
1: pilot is like was searched It wasn't like a grocery shop. If he's driven all the way nah, over to mm, yarn,
2: well, I don't know. It's quite. It's quite well might, to do. It's quite well to do. It's probably around.
1: something quite specific he had in mind.
2: Yeah, probably. We'll do a live, um, a live episode from there one day, probably. Yeah. Um, top flight yarn machine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. So a, That is a great name for a podcast
2: <laughs> well, It's yeah. about as relevant to the content as the yeah. name we've got Well,
1: actually, what we should do is get in touch with the Yarm Tourist Board and yeah. tell them that we're li- willing to do that for them
2: for a, for a fee, of course Yeah. Hello, is that Yarm?
1: <laughs> no, we won't go down <laughs> that wormhole
2: now <laughs> <laughs> So, Douglas was determined to help He sorted it all out and by six o'clock, we were in the air Hello, oh,
1: we're in the air, Terry I <laughs> Hello, I've never been this high before in my life. Uh, I think I can see Liverpool from here. I can see no, me, me had... We've just taken off. No, i going to gonna be
3: looking. I'm looking down, and I can see lots of bright lights. That's got to be Liverpool.
1: I know Liverpool when I see it from above, from below, from the side. If you scouse, you know it's a feeling in your bones. <laughs> your scouse bones. Look <laughs> at
3: that sky, that scouse sky, da. <laughs> hey, pilot, fly a bit lower so I can see me mum's house. I tell you, I tell you what you never get in Liverpool: rickets. <laughs> no one ever has rickets because of the scouse bones.
1: <laughs> it's true, you know. Science, ask anyone. <laughs>
2: so fucking hell an hour later they're in the air somehow on their way to Bristol Um, (laughs) this is ridiculous (laughs) but also fantastic yeah Uh, when we landed in Bristol there was a car waiting to rush us to Ashton Gate the reason they've gone is because they've had an eye on Andy Cole for a while so they wanted to go watch Andy Cole play you know 5pm as he do Uh, we hurried into our seats as the teams were coming out. The first thing I noticed was that Andy was wearing a pair of elasticated cycling shorts beneath his kit. Oh, (laughs) look at that, Terry. (laughs) He's got one of those pairs of shorts on. All all the modern lads wear them. (laughs) His thigh was strapped, and it was obvious he was playing with an injury. Andy's game was all about sprinting power, yet he was running at three-quarters pace. He had to be taken off early, and as we watched him leave the pitch, Terry turned to me, shaking his head. Well... What a waste of bloody time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Fuck. off, Terry. You've been in a fucking airplane. You were selling burgers at fucking Aintree five minutes ago. You've just fucking... You've gone to work today, right? You would have been covered in fucking grease and fat, right? (laughs) Instead, you're being paid a decent sum. And today, on a whim, you've been flown on a private jet to watch a football match in Bristol. (laughs) Ah, I wish I'd never fucking gone... No, Sorry. This is fucking bollocks. I've got to put my foot down here. This is no way for the man to work. This job is shit. I could have been sat in the house watching Brookside. <laughs> no, I'm getting angry now. No, don't even look at me. I'm I'm cross now. Just fire up the
3: fucking engines. We're flying back. Well, come all this way to watch this fucking match. And the lad we want to see is not even fucking fit. He's got half a fucking leg.
1: <laughs> uh, Alright Terry Calm down We'll come and see him next week No Count me out I'm, I'm fucking not fucking him. Fool me once And I'm the 4th You're the I tell you what You're all fucking
3: fools Fucking <laughs> Andy Cole He's fucking dead to me now uh, Andy Cole I've done something I bet he's not even a scouter <laughs> How's he supposed to play <laughs> How's he supposed to play for Newcastle
1: United if he's not a scout He's not even scouts. and we're not going to see anything in this other mob, West Ham. They're fucking cockies. <laughs> what a waste of time! <laughs> Cock- they don't even, you know, they don't even play football in London. <laughs>
2: So Terry said, what a waste of bloody time. Kev says, except I didn't think it was.
1: (laughs) I didn't say anything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The fact that Cole had gone to play with an injured leg told me something about his character. Another player Hmm. might have cried off rather than risk making the injury worse. But no, Andy Cole was clearly an idiot and had played with (laughs) a bad leg. Um, I didn't want players who would look for excuses as soon as they had a little niggle. I wanted players who were willing to put their bodies on the line and Andy had just Mm. shown me he would do that. So that was Kev's mind made up. In the warped mind of Kevin Kagan, he's decided to sign a player based on the fact that he's going to play when not fit. So, you know, (laughs) that's that's how he (laughs) operates. Fucking madness. I decided this was quite dramatic and it fitted in with my raison d'etre. I signed him at once. So he agreed a fee with Bristol City. Um, All that was left from my end was to touch base with the player. And as soon as I had the go ahead, I dialed the number I had been given for his digs. I couldn't get hold of him all afternoon, but kept pressing the redial button. (laughs) I don't know how long he did this for. Until finally he picked up the receiver. Hello? I said, is that Anthony Cole? Fucking hell. (laughs) No, no, came a sullen reply. This is Andy Cole. Oh, Kevin, you absolute plonker. I got myself in a muddle because we had a young player called Anthony Cole on the books at Newcastle. But it was an embarrassing faux pas. The conversation had started badly. And once I apologized for getting his name wrong, it didn't get a whole lot easier. Uh, (laughs) He says, I began by explaining why we were prepared to spend so much money on him i worked out there was a flight he could catch from heathrow that night and on more planes fucking hell and i was sure he would want to come up as quickly as he could to meet me how far is it from bristol to heathrow uh
1: well actually it'd only take about what in a car yeah two hours maximum
2: oh that's not too bad then so he's gonna get called to drive to heathrow and then get a flight up uh, I knew that if it was me, I would have been on that plane. Yeah, but you're Kevin Keegan, and you're, you're borderline insane. So don't.
1: You're Kevin Keegan, and you drove to Germany in the middle of the Spain World Cup in 1982 in disguise.
2: Yeah, and you've only just <laughs> recently stopped commuting to Southampton after Newcastle matches. <laughs> so don't don't project yourself onto the the mind of Andy Cole. <clears throat> um, Andy, we've just broken the club record and agreed a fee for you. What I'd really like you to do now is get on that flight up here. I said. I can't, said Andy Cole. I've got something on tonight. (laughs) I've got something else to do. Now it was my turn to feel put out. Terry Mack was listening in and I put my hand over the receiver to mouth my frustration. He says he's got something on. What the hell? (laughs) if I hadn't dropped such a rick with his near my instinct might have been to tell him if there was something more important than signing for Newcastle then fine we might as well forget it I bit my tongue and decided to give him the benefit of the doubt but I was pulling my hair out oh hell's bells (laughs) he doesn't want to come Terry he doesn't want to drive (laughs) two hours then jump on an aeroplane to come up here in the middle of nowhere (laughs) play for a football club he's never heard of
1: He's quite controlling. I mean, I've got... I know people like that. I've even got friends like it who will sort of almost make things deliberately complicated mm. and arduous as a test of what? I don't know.
2: Power play, isn't it? Passive-aggressive power play.
1: Sort of people who will avoid... You know, they'll arrange birthday drinks mm. but in a very inconvenient, far away place.
3: Mm. And it's almost
1: what... like saying... How much do you like me? The oh. answer, as I get older increasingly, is like, not that much. I
2: do not like you at all. No. <laughs> not anymore. Not since you started Don't pulling test these our stunts. friendship,
1: because you will not like the results.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, Sam Delaney, am gradually becoming a recluse. Fucking deal yeah. with it. No one can stop it. Um, The Howard Hughes of podcasting. <laughs> so... It was probably for the good that he didn't give me any more details about what he was doing that night. I later found out it was because he had no clean clothes. Andy always did his laundry on a certain night of the week and plainly wanted to keep to that routine. <laughs> so he didn't want to come to Newcastle because he had nothing to wear. All his clothes were dirty and he was going to wash them all. Um, we rearranged for the next day. And in fact, I liked Andy from the moment I met him. He had an obsession with... With, well, I had an obsession with um, washing his clothes, but also with scoring goals. He set the tone on his home debut, 4 0 defeat of Newcastle, and his first hat trick arrived a couple of weeks later in a 6 0 win against Barnsley. On and on he went. He scored 12 times in the last 12 games of the season. He was a sensation. The well, end. He really
1: was, wasn't he? <clears throat> I really mean, was, yeah. He was a bit of an oddball, Andy Cole. Yeah. But. During that, I mean, throughout his career, he scored a lot of goals. But during that spell at Newcastle, it was unbelievable. He was a goal machine.
2: I've got no problem with footballers being weird or being anti-social no. or oddballs or whatever, because no. it's part of what makes them brilliant at what they do. So, yeah. you know, n- you're no problem yeah, at all absolutely. with that. So, yeah, Andy Cole scored loads of goals, um, and they got promoted.
1: I'm surprised that... Um, uh, what's his name? Um Terry Mack and Kevin didn't show more detailed interest in the nature of Andy's laundry. Maybe that's why he didn't bring it up. <laughs> you got laundry to do, have you? <laughs> right, what sort of setting are you going to use? No, 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 You've got that all wrong. That's not the shankly way. <laughs> He's right, you know, Andy. I know, it, I know it might sound over the top, but there is a particular way that we learnt at Liverpool how to do our laundry. <laughs>
2: There's a laundry manual. Would you like to see it?
1: <laughs> Andy Colesback thinking what have I got myself into it <laughs> you gotta do it scouse way <laughs> scouse laundry what you're doing there is fuck knows what cockney laundry <laughs> anything that's not
3: scouse laundry is by definition cockney laundry because <laughs> you gotta <laughs> take your laundry down to the rivers of the, down to the banks of the Mersey
2: and wash them in the Mersey." That's in the manual. On your, your
3: scouts, what
2: sport? <laughs> so they got promoted, um, and he said, It was no longer Liverpool in my sights. In my programme notes, I had a challenge for Alex Ferguson, the newly crowned Whoa. Premier League champion manager. Newcastle United were on their way. Watch out, Alex, I wrote. We will be after your title.
1: Fuck, Fucking you know. now. Bold, bold words for yeah. him to actually write publicly like that what Jesus. else do you
2: expect from Kevin Keegan though you know that's mm-hmm. that's who he is and that's why we're doing this book uh, so Newcastle are now in the Premier League and the, t- the next chapter is called Riding the Monster
1: Pfft, don't know why <laughs> but there we are one of the best titles really for a chapter you can have
2: Yeah, what should we call this one, Double K? It's all about trying to tackle the Premier League and establish ourselves and get a foothold in the toughest league in the world. I'll call it Riding the Monster.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'd love to ride a monster, (laughs) as long as it wasn't the sort that wanted to eat you.
3: (laughs) Thing is, though, Kev, that'll be part of the challenge, because if you're on its back... It probably can't reach round and eat you, so you got to cling on, right, and hang on to it so it doesn't toss you off. And then it can eat you. So just, you know, bear that in mind.
1: I uh, uh, you're hey, you, really, Terry Mac. I do like a challenge, and history shows I almost always rise to it. <laughs> just make sure it's not a monster with a long neck,
3: because they'll fucking turn around and have you. Trust me. Trust me. i up in there. Don't
1: ask why i have up in there. <laughs>
2: And it starts well. It summed up our ambitions during the following years in the Premier League that at one stage Douglas Hall took it upon himself to fly to Italy. (laughs) Uh, Pilot! Pilot! (laughs) We're going to Italy!
1: Oh, bloody hell. I'm
2: I'm in the middle of having it off with my wife. We're away on our honeymoon. I don't care! We're going to Italy!
1: (laughs) You lazy prick!
2: Just wank yourself off and get yourself to the airport now.
1: <laughs>
2: Douglas Hall just took it upon himself to fly to Italy and turn up unannounced at the home of Juventus with the intention of bringing one of the game's authentic superstars back to townside. So hmm. Douglas Hall has gone on a basically a shopping expedition to Juventus. He's knocked on the fucking door. Hello, yeah, have you got any footballers I can buy? Really good ones, please and kev elaborates it's a great story he says douglas took freddie shepherd freddie fletcher and terry mcdermott oh fuck (laughs) with with him on a private jet to turin then he walked through the entrance of the club's offices introduced himself as a director of newcastle united and asked for a meeting with the juventus president (laughs) vittorio (laughs) chuizano to arrange a deal for roberto baggio Oh. Hey,
1: yo, yo, yeah, yo, I'm looking at you, <laughs> fucking Luigi. Hey, look, hey, Joy Boy. Hey, I'm from New- No, right Newcastle, United. Right, now, write this down, you daft bastard. I want to buy Roberto Baggio, your best player. <laughs> Who is this man? He's very bad. No, I don't want one of your fucking daft coffees. <laughs> <laughs>
3: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com
0: slash weight loss.
3: Jalapeño.
1: Uh,
2: a rigid deal for Roberto Baggio or failing that Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp never actually played for Juventus, so I don't know what the story is there. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, then. If he's not available, I'll have Dennis Bergkamp then (laughs) It's not possible because you see that Dennis Bergkamp He does not play for us Don't give me that
2: He's at Inter Milan, he's a different club No, no, I've seen this all on Channel 4 a Sunday afternoon They're all here, I've seen them
1: Don't fuck me about, right? I'm I'm not fucking, I wasn't born yesterday You can do all your fancy talk maybe with these Italians, right? But not with me now I want Dennis Burke and while you're at it, right? I want fucking Dino's off and all. <laughs> He's not playing anymore. Do you see? He retired a long time ago. He's managing now. A <laughs> oh, lot. I'm a. I'm. You're fucking pushing me. You're on thin ice now. Luigi,
2: <laughs> Maradona is he here? Bring him out. We'll take him back what to about Newcastle with us.
1: Platini fella, he weren't bad. <laughs> we'll take the fucking lot of them. You can give us a discount, job lot.
2: Uh, okay, you have won uh, me over
1: <laughs> uh, Okay, you give it the money I send them You give the money now I send all the players to you Once we have them I like to get them nice and cleaned up Ready for you <laughs> Yeah, that's right Bloody right and all I don't want you, don't want them stinking the plane up okay, not- I get them nice You give me money They come to your football club next week <laughs> Alright, all right, sounds good. like a good deal that and yeah.
2: I came here because they wear black and white stripes at Newcastle and they'll know what to wear. You know, you send them over in their kits and they'll be all kitted up. Yes, yes, it's no
1: problem with the kit. It's, it's good. We send them all. All of them? Maradona? they're like, Yes, Maradona, Platini. They all come. You go back, you give money now, all right? Then here it is, if you don't believe me. <laughs> There's the fucking money. I could see the way you looked at me when I walked in. Thought that I was, thought you were too good for me. Well, that's fucking proper money in there. Italian as well, because I got it changed up before I came at a fucking building society, right? Look at that. It's about fucking
2: 50 billion lira in there. <laughs> Terry McDermott's dressed as a chick in the background <laughs> do you want me to
1: do my bit now Kaffa? no don't worry I've managed to it. we're not going to have to resort to that I've already done the deal
3: oh, what a fucking waste of time this has been yet again
1: another oh, fucking waste of time is <laughs> a fucking shit show this club
3: every time hey. I get on a plane with one of you cunts I
1: end up wasting <laughs> my fucking time the amount of time it took me to brown up on the plane to look dead <laughs> Arab, I rubbed a fucking tea bag all over my
3: face. <laughs> my fucking moustache sticks to tea now. And for what? Fuck all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> goodbye thank you for coming thank you for the money we send player next week yeah make sure you fucking do as well right come on take this fucking plane off
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey Tony you some wet wipes see your face
1: <laughs> well that all seemed to go well <sighs>
2: uh, Kev says I told Douglas he must have been round the bend to turn up off the cuff and think one of the giants of European football would let any player of that calibre go fucking <laughs> yeah
1: I am For not months. saying anything about Douglas Hall. Right. And this is just wild speculation. <laughs> yeah. And it is nothing to do with Douglas Hall. But I'm just saying if someone told me a story in any business of someone just impulsively getting on an aeroplane, <laughs> flying over. <laughs> all right, fuck it, I can't think of the analogy. Just getting on an aeroplane, flying to Juventus, turning up unannounced and trying to sign Robert ba- Roberto Baggio. I would only be able to think of one word, and that word is cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not, let me make it clear, I'm not saying that about Douglas Hall, but in any other situation, you'd think the only explanation for getting on a plane, out of the blue, turning up almost on a whim, unannounced at Juventus in the middle of the 90s, and demanding to buy Roberto Baggio, that is a man on cocaine, yeah, and lots of it. Yeah.
2: For once, Kev's the voice of reason. Uh, he said it was never going to happen, and I did gently point out that it wasn't really the way the top clubs conducted transfer business. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to admire his nerve, even if it necessarily wasn't the way I would have gone about it myself. Uh, the message from Uvie, unsurprisingly, was that no one at the club was available to meet them. <laughs> so they've gone. <laughs> they've done. They've done a, a, a odd and wengy. When he drove down to QPR oh, yeah. that when time and tried to get in to the, the side car park. And the yeah. door was locked. They've done this bigger. They've done this better. They've flown to Turin. <laughs> um, they might not have even gone to Turin. Who knows? They might have fucking ended up at uh, some other time. I've no idea. The only
1: way they could have bettered this would be if they'd flown over during a game <laughs> <Yeah>. at <laughs> yeah. the Stadio della Alpi and parachuted, <laughs> parachuted up
2: the pitch. Yeah.
1: Sent <laughs> Terry Mack dressed as an Arab. <laughs> Parachuting out of the bottom of a plane. Right. Out like you know where they usually drop the actual bomb, one of those flaps on the underside. Yeah. Terry Mack came out dressed as a shake. With his sort of gown blowing up in the wind, showing off his tackle. <laughs> oh, por hell, I wore pants. I didn't factor in the wind factor. <laughs> Landing on the pitch with a massive, like blankety blank style chequebook and pen, and a trackball gun. Yeah, <laughs> and a net Gra- grabbing Roberto Baggio in a net and then writing a cheque and handing it to one of the Juventus officials.
3: Nice <laughs> doing business with you. Last <laughs> right, is me shake, <laughs> out, shake, and I'm here to slide that
1: bastard with the ponytail over there.
2: <laughs> and the plane, the plane's still buzzing around above, and they drop down a, a rope ladder. He climbs, rope ladder. He, climb- a <laughs> he climbs up the rope ladder. Don't we'll be alarmed.
3: Don't be alarmed. I'm a rich Arab. Climbs up the rope ladder with you in the net. Up, up and away.
1: <laughs> hey. It's not even that scary to see an Arab jumping out of a plane like this because it's not even been 9-11 yet. (laughs) If anything, it's fucking
2: normal. (laughs) It's completely
1: unexceptional.
2: (laughs) That reminds me of a time uh, in a nightclub in 1997. Uh, For whatever reason, some celebration or something, a bunch of us all went out and dressed as James Bond Mm. um i I was dressed as some other fucking character i dreamt up myself who looked a bit more like (laughs) look look, look more like shane mcgowan than james bond but the point of the story is that we were in this nightclub in newcastle called c on the quayside uh on the dance floor you know throwing some shapes with uh fake guns in our hands waving fake guns in the air and it it was perfectly acceptable no no the door staff didn't bat an eyelid we're fucking giving hey. it, throwing some ships, waving our guns around. Nowadays... What
1: you got there, lads? A some gun! Guns. Hey. Oh, that's Good cracking, that is. Try not to
2: kill anyone,
1: eh? Uh, don't shoot them. Oh, if you do, you know, be careful, like... Shoot them at the have sea Have a great night, lads. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, different times. Yeah. You can't go back. Where are we? Uh, the message from UVA was that no one at the club was available to meet them, and in any case, their star players were not for sale... And arrivederci. Which in this case could probably be translated as sling your hook.
1: <laughs>
2: Douglas came back with a souvenir from the trip, a Juventus shirt with Baggio and the number 10 emblazoned on the back.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something I suppose.
2: And the biggest fucking come down you could possibly imagine. <laughs> I've said that, not Kev.
1: We didn't we didn't see much of him for the next week or so, <laughs> yeah. and he stopped answering his phone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was in a really low mood for the next month <laughs> uh, I can laugh about it now says Kev and I cannot fault the man for having a go there are all sorts of different ways to get a transfer done and I used a few tricks of my own when it came to signing Peter Beardsley from Everton and putting together the strike partnership with Andy Cole that helped us finish third in our first season in the Premier League um, so trying to sign Peter Be- Beardsley but the only problem is the Beardsley's 32 at this point Everton wanted 1.35 million, and the directors, Douglas Hall, etc., didn't like the idea of spending that amount on someone that age. Mm. Um, but he managed to get the deal to go through. And he says, my transfer market strategy for Newcastle was simple. We were creating a monster, which we had to keep feeding. Here's the monster. Here comes the monster. Oh, God, here we go. So I don't know what they're feeding it with. Are they feeding it with points from the Premier League or players or, I don't know. hey. Hey, uh, Kev,
1: if you need anything to feed that monster, i still got a load of that mints left over. <laughs> There's no feeding it to humans now cause health and safety, but you can give it to your monster if you want.
2: <laughs> no, no, Terry, Terry, it's not a real monster. It's a metaphorical monster. It represents Newcastle United.
3: It's metaphorical. Is that like a dinosaur?
1: Oh, fuck it. I'll be careful. Have you seen that Jurassic Park? They go absolutely fucking bananas, innit? No, you, it, gonna...
2: you
1: think they're friendly, but they're not. You really want to
3: give it some of this mince I've got because it'll keep it fucking docile.
0: <laughs>
1: it's four hormones and antibiotics. That's why i got it so cheap. It's, it's,
3: it's fucking 10 months old. It's going to be fucking rolling around, on, clutching its belly <laughs> for hours on end. It'll keep
2: it docile, don't worry. <laughs> Uh, we had good players, but if we replaced them with better ones, we would always go with the upgrade. That's yeah, good management, that, really. You know, you've got good players. If you can get better ones, that's going to make you a better team, isn't it? Good thinking that, Kev. Well done.
1: <laughs>
2: Fucking hell, football management's not that hard, is it? Nah. Uh, Andy Cole and Peter Beardsley love playing together. Um, they scored goals for fun. And with two players of that quality leading our forward line, I wasn't surprised we qualified for Europe, finishing above Liverpool and Arsenal in our first season in the top division. Well, hey, what what a fucking fantastic um, development there. Um, By that stage, we had agreed to rent the sports facilities at Durham University as an upgrade on our own training ground. Sir John Hall, (laughs) who was such a devoted Geordie, didn't like the idea at first of taking the players outside the city's boundaries. (laughs) <laughs> well, not even for away games <laughs> he said it was a battle even to get him to talk about it you do not take Newcastle United across the Tyne he would say <laughs> fucking hell and um, when I finally managed to talk him round he had kittens when he found there was a public footpath running beside the training pitches so John and the other directors were horrified by the idea that our supporters would have open access to training
1: we can't have them coming and looking at what we're up to fucking scum
2: we can't have our paying customers coming and watching what we're doing what we're up to of course these days you'd have Bielsa just fucking riding backwards and forwards on a bike wouldn't you
1: in a, in a, a full speed
2: GoPro, GoPro camera on his head filming everything <laughs> brazenly and openly uh, my attitude says Kev on the other hand was the more the merrier as Bill Shankly once said wasn't a football club supposed to belong to its supporters
1: Mm, quite right
2: and then this echoes back to do you remember the very beginning of this odyssey when he was talking about St James's Park and they were building an extra stand and the fans used to come along and, and watch the construction watch. work yeah. with their picnic yeah. rugs and their sandwiches we were soon getting huge crowds for our training sessions the fans would turn up with sandwiches and flasks of tea and sit in their camping chairs to watch us go through our drills there was only one security guard this is before 9-11 obviously um we would get up to three thousand people in the school holidays, and the club even talked about putting up a mobile shop to sell a few shirts. <laughs> Listen to this: a burger van appeared.
1: <laughs> oh no!
2: Oh yeah, it's gonna be. It's hasn't not who it?
1: I think it is, is it?
2: A burger van appeared, and I would often wander over to have my lunch with the fans. <laughs> Terry Mack. It doesn't say whether it was Terry Mack, but it's got to be Terry Mack or one of his associates, hasn't it, really? uh,
1: uh what would you like, sir? A cheeseburger or, like, a normal burger? I recognise your voice from somewhere, don't I? No, I don't think so. I'm from round here and I'm um, not even from I, Liverpool. I
3: am, I am a Geordie. I am a legitimate Geordie.
1: Ah, uh, are you sure? You sound a little bit more like you're from Liverpool. I live a lot of the place. I don't know what you're talking about, Geordie, through and through. uh,
3: Fug on the time. Uh, uh, Sting. Uh, Back up,
1: fella. I'm a little fishy on a little dishy. (laughs) Actually, I don't sell fish. I sell burgers. Geordie burgers. (laughs) Made from Geordie horse, that is. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Jody, horse. People would travel from Cornwall and Dorset and all sorts of remote places to see us. What? I set off at three am to see you. One guy told me. Is he imagining this? Is this real? <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, the players would complain sometimes that autograph hunters would mean it would take an hour and a half to get to their cars, but they would get short shrift from me. Me too. I'd say. Would you prefer to go home and nobody's interested in you? Personally, mm-hmm. yeah, I would. <laughs> i will just go straight mm-hmm. home and... So it's not, an
1: interesting um, question, yeah. Yeah. Imagine how it must feel for all those people who have to go on without being asked for an autograph. I mean, their lives must feel pointless. <laughs>
2: pointless and empty, lads. <laughs> Sounds fine. In particular, we always made a tremendous fuss of the fans with disabilities who arrived in oh, their... Oh, look
1: at him, <laughs>
2: in his chair. <laughs> it's <is> He's lovely. <laughs> who arrived in their in their bus loads and often found themselves added unofficially to my backroom staff. The deal was that they were allowed to stand directly on the touchline as long as they let me know if they heard any of my players swearing. It was never long before they were waving frantically to alert me they had heard a rude word. Oh. <laughs> Penny in the swear jar. <laughs> Kevin Keegan's fucking disability swear mob. <laughs> <laughs> they would then I would stop the game so they could point out the culprit the player would deny it sometimes and there would be uproar yes you did they'd shout we heard you we heard you saying fuck we heard you <laughs> <laughs> We they loved the way we made them feel part of it we'd spoil them rotten oh man that's incredible that's incredible disability swear mob on the touchline of the training ground <laughs> Um that's about it for this episode. We uh we didn't get to the bit that I was hoping we'd get to, which was uh Kevin Keegan's fining system and also the oh. unofficial court of Kevin Keegan. Oh that, that, that comes next week. So yeah. watch we've out talked for about that.
1: this on other episodes, yeah, haven't we? It's a
2: cracker long time ago. So watch out Very for that good. next week. Yeah. Alright, thanks for listening, as always. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.